0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Better Advertising with Better AMS. I am your host, Justin Knuckles, and today I'll be talking with Michael Malinsky from DCB Lab, or Wonderskin, as more may know that brand name. And we'll be covering how they create brands with every decision being seemingly customer-centric and customer-first, as well as their amazing success on TikTok with influencers and ads. I love the philosophies behind this omni-channel brand and how they view their offerings and retail presence. So with that, let's kick it off. All right, welcome in, I am here today with our uh, good friend here, Michael. Welcome in, Michael. How are you, Justin? Doing well, doing well. We're uh, all recovering after last week's unboxed big event, big news coming out. Um, If you weren't there, you definitely saw it all on LinkedIn. So uh, I think we're all trying to recover from that as well as get ready for Black Friday, Cyber Monday around the corner. So hope things are, are going good for you guys.
1: Uh, very much. So, uh, very much on the black Friday Cyber Monday head down train right now. I think everybody is uh, digging their feet in and uh, trying to make the most of it. It's been, a, it's been quite a wild year. Uh, some ways good, some ways challenging, probably for everyone. So we're, uh, we're right there with, uh, in the trenches, I guess.
0: Yeah. It's that time of year. You can't get away from it in November Q4. So, um, be ready. But uh, to give everyone a little bit of background on yourself, Michael, um, you're currently founder and CEO of DCB Lab, um, and you have some work with Wonderskin uh, recently. I see the the sign behind you there. Um, do you mind sharing on your experience and your current focuses?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, Wonderskin is one of our brands, uh, as in like we 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 own and operate it. Uh, we uh, also have uh, a brand in the housework space. Uh, it's a 25-year-old company that's originally from Britain. And we have recently made an acquisition in, in, in a whole new space for us. I don't know when this is coming out, but it'll be public by then, I'm sure. It's, a, it's in the natural deodorant space. So that, that, that's kind of exciting, too. So we're, uh, we're a cross-functional team, uh, not that big, there's about 25 of us. And we um, build and operate uh, digital brands with, with a little bit of a retail footprint as well.
0: Okay, so DCB Lab is really like the 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 machine that builds these brands, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're the we're, we're the engine, uh, and the brands <laughs> are the vehicle, I suppose. And there's different vehicles, amazing, so kind of shared engine, yeah.
0: And you guys are involved in a little bit of acquisitions. I heard you say you guys um, acquired brands that already exist.
1: Yeah, yeah, we just we, we just did deals. You know, this, this is a four-year-old. Uh, company that uh, I think is just ready for its next stage of growth and uh, next uh, phase of its life, and we've uh, taken on that challenge as well. And we also have a small, you know, investment portfolio where we're just passive bystanders, but just products and founders and companies that we're really passionate about.
0: Awesome. And you said you get um, you get those brands into a little bit of retail presence. And that was kind of segueing into our next topic here being your, your omni channel focus. I've seen you talk about um, very recently on LinkedIn. You know, we're, we're an Amazon focused um, podcast here, but you you not only expanded off Amazon, such as Sephora, but you also did it internationally. Um, you know, UK marketplace. Um, you know, how are you and the team managing these big geographic and retail expansions?
1: It's a a good question. Uh, To start this, it's it's not as scary as it sounds. Uh, Second of all, we're actually based in London, although I do have a a North American accent. I grew up in Canada. Um, And we think anything that, you know, at least sharing the language is very easy. Like right now, technology uh, has evolved so much uh, that really selling in the UK and selling in in the US or Canada shouldn't present a big Challenge, right? Uh, where we're, we're going, where our customer is, and because a lot of our exposure is, is driven through the social and 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 the and I guess the, the the digital ecosystem that easily crosses borders, then we have we want to make our product available where 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 the customers might want to buy it, so. If, you know, a, a, a wonderful content creator, with an audience in, you know, both uh, Europe and the USA post something, why would we forego a percentage of those sales? So that was our, our thinking, And, you know, that's uh, why we're, that's why we're present in these markets.
0: I think that's super important. If you're going to invest in the, the audience building, the off-platform marketing like social media, which we'll get into, uh, it's super important to have your product available where customers can find it and you know get it seemingly yeah. quick.
1: Absolutely. Now there's a big difference between being available and trying to as a small team to conquer substantial markets uh using both paid and unpaid strategies. So uh to be clear, I'm talking about the former, not the latter, because we're not sitting here trying to like, you know, win uh and market share in Germany or in France or or, or uh or wherever, uh however We are available to purchase there should somebody
0: want to. Our core markets are the U.S. and the U.K., though. Okay. And so with, I mean, we talked a little bit about Black Friday, Cyber Monday, the grind we're in currently, but how do you balance, you know, being spread so many, across so many channels, again, markets um, with what seems like always present retail days, like Prime Day, Prime Day 2, upcoming Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Um, How do you, you know... Focus your promotions around all those marketplaces that you're you're touching.
1: Sure. Well, first of all, the, the, the how is probably the right answer is with, with, with amazing people. Uh, I think there's uh, it's so important to have a team that that, that understands and, and shares your 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 passion, your madness, your uh, your uh, goals, and everybody's on the same page. So. I have like a you know a sign behind me here, but we do have like the whiteboard, and we have like the big screen, and we have the the, the screen with the stats, and, and that's that's you know that, those all play a role when, when, when we're actually working in this room without chatting to you. But um, but the real answer is uh, the consumer has been spoiled by all these opportunities and events, right? Uh, but who am I to dictate that my like, Prime Day? Is one event too many, or that Black Friday or the Cyber Monday is one event too many? I'm not. So w- what we know uh, from my you know, humble experience in e-commerce, um, and uh, pre- pretty much everybody understands that there's just different perceptions which uh, happens in, 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 in people's heads, and the, the hunger to buy and the pain stuff just seems to seems to uh, rise. So um, there is. There is a much greater opportunity to sell whatever it is you're selling because the customer is far far more primed and ready to purchase. They're being conditioned by the media, by the television, by the press, by the magazine, by everything on their social feed that this is the time they need to buy. So, as a brand, yeah, we we'll leverage that. I think I think you're foolish not to, and uh, we do so consciously. We do so with a bit of a... You know, with, uh, with our being able to hold our head up high, but we, we absolutely uh, play in and take advantage of every such opportunity.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, assuming you have the inventory to support making all those pushes, um, yeah, get in front of the customer as many times as, you know, they're willing to search for, you know, your keywords and your product.
1: Well, look, look it's not just about having inventory. I think if you have reasonable confidence that have, the product that you have is good an opportunity to both gain new customers and to service and, and do like a, you know and wake up some of your existing uh, dormant ones, as well as of course service and reward some people who are close and attentively you know following you. Um, so the the reality is if you if you know that your product is capable of being sold more than once, you want to capture as many new people as well during these periods. So for us, we try to look at all three of those segments, uh, not just. Uh, not just revenue for the sake of revenue, but yeah, we want to bring in new customers that might have otherwise not been ready to buy. We want to activate normal customers that they might have not uh, bought in a while because they haven't seen the sale and haven't communicated too well. And we want to give our more loyal fans and more, 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 more loyal community a little bit of a push and a little bit of a reward and create a nice uh, additional uh, sale there.
0: You know what I love is a lot of the business decisions you're talking about seem to be very customer focused first. Um, rightfully so. That's, that's, I think how a brand should probably base their decisions. But I know one thing you've talked about is, you know, you build brands around the data that's in a market, but more importantly, and often missed by sellers is, you know, having that product market fit, having a product that speaks directly to who's looking to buy it. Um, And I think you guys do that super well. You know, how do you ensure customers are involved in the brand development product positioning process?
1: Well, it's, it's, it's very simple to answer because from the moment we try to, you know, Test for the first ad. The customer is involved because it, it it is a response to an advert. It is a response to a creative that determines if something has legs or doesn't. It's not because I decide something is great, or you know you decide something is great, or someone on our team decides something is great. There have been products which we've been completely wrong on, which we thought like god damn it, this, this looks like a slam dunk, and 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 it isn't. And then. There are products that are just like sleeper hits, which suddenly we see after a couple of months. Oh shit, they've got like a four-point yeah. review rating, and this thing is just slowly climbing. People are reordering it every other month. Let, let, let's put more effort behind this. So the, the, the customer is, is the ultimate party that determines uh, the, the 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 success or the market fit of the product, not you. Uh, and I think once we're awake to that fact, it makes things a little bit easier.
0: Sure. So you guys really just test test everything and let the consumer data tell you what's working, what's not, and shift from there.
1: Well, look, to, to a degree, to a degree. Like So, so there are products which are obvious uh, upsell and, and, and subtle process. They're, they're never the hero offer because they're just not exciting enough, but they're safe opportunities to, to raise your LTV, to raise your average order. And then there are products which are, you know, potentially have, have the right... Um, have the bandwidth to become a hero item, uh, or a fast velocity item. But you, you have to test different angles and hooks and pain points and ideas as to how to make that happen. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we try to create a number of experiments every, every week to, to, to help assumptions better.
0: Yes, I've seen many sellers, you know, try to, to squeeze life out of a product that's just not, you know, fitting with its market and its customers and um, it's better to just discontinue it at that point rather than try to bring it to life. So um, glad you guys follow that, that that mentality and approach. Not as
1: often as I might, but yeah, we tried to. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: hey, we going back to like the social aspects of all your marketing. Um, I, I really wanted to focus on the TikTok case study you guys had done. I think this was so fascinating and we'll link to it in the show notes um, about the success you guys had using their video shopping ads. But I mean, I'm thinking about how, you know, desirable people are for influencers these days to promote their products. And you combine that with shoppable in feed content. I mean, that's a recipe for success. So can you tell us a little bit more about your experience with that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, first, you know, we, we, wound up in, 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 Wonders, in the brand, uh, lovely here with, with the letters behind me here. Uh, we wound up have with, with, with a phenomenal, uh, little saying um, as being our, uh, breakthrough technology, which, which is, uh, something that's patented and genuinely new to the market. But what's interesting about it is, uh, and I don't know how much of a makeup guy you are, just uh, no, no judgment, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's it's truly both uh, an exceptional lip color, but what's what's interesting is how it's applied. And it's applied using this mask that comes on like very blue, and then it activates with the spray and peels off into this lush color that seems to last for up to 10 hours. And somebody might go about the day, eat lunch, drink, kiss, you know, dance, sweat, and the collar is still there, which is very much unlike a lipstick, which is something people might tend to reapply every, every half an hour or so. So um, that was the why of the product or, or, and the how uh, 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 it applies. That translated phenomenally well into TikTok because TikTok is a you know very visual platform, so something that's so visual and striking, blue peel off and so on, lends itself to be interesting. TikTok engages interesting content, right? it rewards interesting content rather. So uh, it, uh, it allowed us to get a, a great and a disproportionate amount of organic attention. Um, or, you know, at one point there was a whole peel and reveal challenge happening where, you know, hundreds and maybe like even more, uh, public creators were just like showing off their best version of the application. But that has created a bit of like, a, a, a bit of an awareness which then allowed us to translate it into paid, uh, paid results, uh, more, uh, more, uh, efficiently. And the NZ shopping, look, like it's, it's, it's something new that, that they've been working on, which I think is now being rolled out to a wider audience of advertisers. And it's, uh, to, to, to answer the very, uh, the very nagging question of what is the outcome that you're looking for? And if the outcome that you're looking for is the purchase, the, the impulsive decision to buy <laughs> something, then, that what that what that uh, advertising method does is it places the the product, the price, and the ability to get straight to the to the purchase point, um, in, 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 in at a very linear path rather than the traditional. Here's your landing page. Here's your like product page. Here's your add to cart button. Here's you know here's your upsell. So so it actually re- removes a lot of friction and it it, it gets straight to, to the uh, point, as as, as as they say. Now. It works if the product is well priced and it's and it's the types of something that would be impulsive. It may not work if you're trying to sell a you know a two thousand dollar exercise machine. Nobody's going to just click buy now, you know. So it's it's not for everyone probably, but uh, it's a great tool and we're happy to have had a chance to use it first.
0: Yeah, I, I think those are some important caveats to call out. Price point is definitely um, a starting one, right? You have to make an impulsive purchase, but. Um, the innovative product I think is the bigger call out than anything is you guys really built a product that was different, was very demonstrable via video or or even images, um, and was fun for people to show off. And so it sounded like it really started as like this organic viral, um, you know, trend to, to show off your, your lip reveal. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's not, you know, it's not for nothing, uh, that you, you have to take into consideration when developing a product. Um, what if, if there is an R factor you remember during COVID days we were talking about what's the R factor how fast does it spread what's the potential virality factor of, of something that you're making is it shareable is it interesting to talk about can you make it interesting to talk about is it something that you sit with a friend over lunch and actually chat over or is it something you quietly buy and hide it in your bathroom closet because it's awkward or, or embarrassing <laughs> and you you know our business is not about making a single sale. We wouldn't survive on a single purchase of a you know, $22 lit product. So we have to build a product that can have legs both horizontally in terms of reaching more people through brand advocates and also vertical through selling more than once to the same people who then find the perfect color and swear by it. So that's the method. That's how we develop uh, and think about future products as well.
0: Yeah, and I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that that repeat purchase behavior from customers. I mean, TikTok had to be a great way to acquire massive amounts of new-to-brand customers. But um, typically, how are you re-engaging with your shoppers? I know on Amazon, we use DSP or even sponsored display ad types to to remarket to past shoppers. But how are you using that across, again, the various marketplaces and, and geographies you sell across? Look, it's, it's our
1: preference that people buy directly from us, but it is also our a uh, sober view of the ecosystem that knows very well that they don't always do that. And, uh, right. I think w- when we can, we try to capture their, their details and information. Um, we try to bring them into our either private Facebook community, uh, SMS list, email list, and don't use those as a way to just, uh, pour products out or pour sets sales and promotions, but, but create a bit of a two way dialogue um On and uh, we uh, look to activate these communications at the right point at the right time. So that's the best we can do. Of course, we do the you know the the, the typical bidding. So anybody that's been to the site or that's been to the brand, um, and, uh, either of via you know uh, via TikTok or via any other channel, we, we look to reactivate them. But, but in principle, in principle, we have to remind about yourself. Here and there, but um, again, just remind me: if, if a person buys a thing and, and they don't like it, it doesn't matter how many times you're gonna like shove your other ad in front of them; they're still gonna buy. So the, the first, the first prerequisite is the product likely to be used or purchased again. The second prerequisite is how do you... Increase that likelihood or increase that chance using your sponsor display, your DSP, your retargeting ads, your um, emails, your SMSs, and everything else. But if the person doesn't want it, you're just wasting more money and more resource
0: Yes, understand what's going to be bought again, what's not. Don't waste your money there. Um, question you, you mentioned a little bit about your team a couple times. Just wanted to give a shout out to them. You have a team of a couple dozen um, people under you, yes?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's the number. We're kind of, and, and it's hard to always keep track because you know half of our team is, is local and half are distributed around the world. But yeah, it's uh, it's, it's around twenty five. It's just a direct team, and then you know, of course, there's few contractors and and, and and customer service people and things of that nature.
0: Sure, small but mighty to do all that you're doing uh, across social and and marketplaces. Um, that's that's amazing. Are you yourself in the the accounts that ma- Amazon accounts toying around, playing tests?
1: Look, I I'm in them, and so far as to uh, do like a weekly recap and uh, look at how certain uh, more interesting experiments are doing. And we do have a couple of great people internally that that, that help with the sort of so called BAU. and we, we realize just how much opportunity there is in Amazon. To always learn more and evolve, and uh, I think if, if you if somebody is on Amazon and they don't have a specialist, really, you know, diving and, and, and maximizing the opportunity, they're they're just uh, losing, right? I uh, think as a brand, there's still waste on Amazon ads to like to, to get a ton of, of, of display and, and and visibility for very very cheap, and that's I think that in itself is undervalued to be omnipresent. In a certain category, in a certain environment, can go a long way. Um, but, uh, no, I'm, I'm not managing as the I do, I am a bit closer to our, uh, meta and our, and our TikTok accounts because there's, you know, uh, there's a greater degree of, uh, volatility, I would say, which I guess, a credit to the Amazon ads platform. It's a little bit more viable. So, um, but it's still something we, 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 we look at very often.
0: Uh, yeah, I love that you guys focus on owning your customers and their data via your own site. And I, I think a lot of brands and sellers are coming around to think of Amazon more as a a catalog rather than the endpoint shopping destination. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I myself as a consumer, I do a lot of research on Amazon and go buy off platforms. So um, it sounds like you guys are really utilizing that and, and owning that um, front to be in to own your customer data.
1: Look, no, the customer will buy whatever they want to buy. So I don't think that it's fair to, to, to just assume that they will just research or they will just look for a better price. Um, we've seen cases where a customer will pay extra money just to buy another them because they like the price convenience up to a certain point. We've seen cases where the customer will, you know, for, for, to save a dollar and they're willing to wait weeks or something. So it's just really, it, it just depends. I think. Having a slightly more carefree vision that you just want the transaction and you want the customer to be happy with the transaction is probably the brand the, the brand, the correct brand that you want. If you have enough confidence this is going to happen more than once, then just make it as easy as possible to, to, to conclude the sale in whichever environment, platform, shipping method, or, 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 or marketplace the customer wants to do that.
0: Again, I commend your, your customer-first approach to decisions. You're just you know making it easy on the customer, their journey, and where they choose to purchase. Having
1: said that, I view when anybody buys it anywhere by our website, of course. But it's just not my uh, <laughs> choice. So, so it's uh...
0: Sure, we can have a preference, but we can't control it in the end. And so you're, you're making yourself available for your customer where they need it uh, easiest. So, I love that. Awesome. Well, Michael, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate getting to talk with you about what you guys are doing over there in the UK and going omni channel. Appreciate it. My pleasure. I'm a
1: pleasure,
0: Justin. I wish you the best and rest of Q4 and uh, happy selling. Thank you very
1: much. we your mouth to God's ears.